What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Darian Jones of Honor Kings and Sons TV podcast. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to all of my uh, streamers, downloaders, followers, fans who've been following the podcast. I appreciate and love you so much. Be sure to check out my latest series titled The Dark Files on my Instagram. Follow me at uh, Honor Kings and Sons on Instagram um, and be sure to watch the episodes. I have carved out uh, a structure to uh, this series and I think you're really going to like it. So after every episode that I post, um, I'm going to be doing a segment called Big Facts, which is where I go into a little bit more detail because um, as I started the uh, new series, I found myself taking a storyline narrative approach. So I decided that I would have a segment where I would actually present some of the facts behind my narrative. So that's the direction I'm going right now. So be sure to make sure that if you're downloading and tuning into my podcast, that you are definitely following me on Instagram at Honor Kings and Sons. And I did my first live. Uh, so I'm live on YouTube every Thursday uh, between nine and 10 o'clock. Um, I try to go live. Uh, so you guys will get the opportunity to uh, see me on YouTube now in conjunction with TikTok. So I have my, my setup where you'll be able to uh, watch me on Thursdays going live uh, every Thursday. That's my plan to go live every Thursday between 9 and 10 o'clock on YouTube and TikTok at the same time. So you'll be able to catch me uh, doing some, uh, you know, um, overview of just, you know, where I am in my journey and going a little bit into detail about, you know, the projects that I have going on. Uh, right now, my main focus is really uh, this podcast. Uh, my goal is to just drop, you know, an episode uh, every single week, um, if not more than one. Um, and definitely be able to just keep you guys updated on my project. Um, and I just have so many uh, content um, ideas for, you know, uh, Facebook and YouTube and TikTok and even LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is big right now. A lot of content creators are shifting to LinkedIn. A lot of podcasters are opening up their platform into LinkedIn. Um, a lot of companies they they want the streamers. They want they want the creative juices that podcasters and streamers and influencers are coming up with. And this new wave is going to be probably the best we've yet to see. So I'm definitely making sure I hop on that wave, and I want you guys to come along with me on this journey. So uh, just to get into a little bit of the project of the Dark Files, like I said, you can, uh, you can check it out on my Instagram at Honor Kings and Sons. My goal is to get 100,000 followers by the end of the year. Uh, just a little bit about it going into the project. So last year I was just trying to, you know, and I spoke about this in my trailer, but I'm just going to uh, reiterate super short and then just talk about it like, you know, for the core so uh, last year, I just was trying to find a way to, uh, you know, be um, um, welcoming to all different groups. So, um, you know, I was very well mannered. You know, I was being very gentle in my voice. A lot of people say that I have a radio voice. I have a voice where I'm soft and I'm gentle. And, you know, I, I, I am a one to one communicator. I can talk to large audiences and big groups, but sometimes you know, or majority of the time, um, I am in a mellow tone and um, I do have that one to one um, aura. 
Uh, so I was just, you know, using that, being myself um, on the platform. And um, I didn't decide to make a change because, you know, the viewers were few or the followers or the likes or the comments were few and little. Um, I decided to uh, make a change just for myself. I kind of felt in the world that everybody was was taking that shift. You know, 2024 is just one of those years where it's just going to be a raw and uncut year. And I think a lot of people are just going to stay that direction uh, moving forward. You know, it's not about um, people just deciding people just deciding to be more rugged. It's more that people just want to be, you know, authentic. They want to be unapologetic. And it's just uh, very important, you know, that the, the the new listeners, the new fans, the those who are coming in uh, to social media on a more consistent basis, you know, they have something to connect to. Um, and definitely, I just decided that I wanted to to do that. I am a very explicit person in nature, so that's something that um, I want to be able to communicate um, and with purpose, of course. I don't just want to be able uh, to post content when people hear me talk in a manner where they're like, "Whoa, I wasn't expecting that from him." It's not just that, but it's 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 just to be more transparent. So, getting into the project, um, the Dark Files. You know, um, there's 12 episodes out right now um, that I've posted um, on Instagram and I'm going to be having those uploaded onto uh, Facebook and YouTube in the next couple of days. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really just my life story. Um, it's the narrative of my life story. And, um, you know, uh, some of the things I cover is, you know, just my first introduction to finding out that I was poor and broke. Uh, you know, I talk about that. Um, everybody who follows me knows that, um, what I do is a faith-based platform. Um, being an entrepreneur and my businesses I'm building and growing, um, they all have a faith-based foundation. Um, so, you know, my upbringing is in the church. I came straight out of my mother's womb into the church. And so the first time I got a glimpse of a thriving community was in the church, uh, that's the first time I, I legit saw it. You know, every Sunday I went, it was a lot of people there. Um, I can honestly say that we had well over 200 plus youth, um, maybe even more when I was a kid growing up in church. Um, it was a thriving community. And, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know what adults are doing. You don't you don't know who's being mean and nasty. But all you know is that, you know, you, when you come in this large gathering, everybody's happy. Everybody's, you know, praising and, and worshiping and, you know, um, kids are happy, you know, and, and, and life is good. Uh, so it's when I got older and I started to get my first taste of um, an economic shift, you know, when the, when, when, when the, the housing market um, was making changes um, in the state of Florida and different states and, you know, people started to move away and friends who I grew up with, I never saw them again, um, <laughs> pretty much until social media, you know, um, era where we could find each other. Uh, what else? There was just, there was just a lot of changes that was happening. And, you know, this whole entire time, you know, I see my mother work hard. I, I see my dad go to work and, um, you know, I have an idea of, of what we can afford and what we cannot afford because, you know, you see, you, you hear about the expensive clothes, you hear about the expensive shoes and the name brand this and the name brand that. But, um, you know, uh, I didn't really, you know, complain about that. 
Uh, I guess with a little peer, peer pressure, I wish I had those things. But to be honest with you, I was pretty content. I never really complained and, you know, stuff like that, like took it that serious. Um, but when I got older, I started to see like who was able to really do big things in life and, and go to fancy places and, and drive a nice car and, and, and have nice things. I started to find out real quick when, you know, um, that economic shift happened. This was about 2001. Um, and for Floridians, uh, we call it the Georgia boom. Um, it, you know, literally it was the state of Georgia, their housing market, you know, like was, was open and legit. Like people were getting five, six, seven bedroom houses, two story. I even heard that there was some houses that were three stories. Uh, some people were getting two, three acres of land. Like it was unheard of. Um, and people went up there and they ate it up and some people were able to, you know, uh, thrive and some people did it they ended up coming back um to the state of florida and that was the first time i saw you know who had it and who did it you know so when you're in a company of people you know and you're young you know you just think you're in a happy place but that was the first time i realized that there were some people who had it and some people who didn't and of course obviously like if people you know didn't care to to follow it that's them but I'm pretty sure, especially being an adult, you know, having to pay bills, you know, being married, taking care of children, you know, and, and having friends who are successful and, you know, living good for themselves. Um, you you, you, you kind of sit there and you're like, if I feel like this, my parents are feeling like this for sure. And that and, and you know, that's that's kind of where I, I stand on it is that there were some people who wish they could have moved. And, and had a better life and had, you know, access to, to better, you know, things. And, and some people did and some people didn't. And so, um, you know, that was my first time, um, you know, understanding what, what I call the have and have nots ratio. Um, so that was that. And uh, I go a little bit more um, in the next couple of episodes just talking about um, how I had to come to grips. You know, like, okay, like what else is going on? And so um, uh, because I grew up pretty much in the church, um, I have a strong narrative that's tied to the church. Um, I wasn't sucked into the church or brainwashed to the point where I was treated. I was treated kind of like, you know, uh, who you would say um, I was treated like like a Quasimodo um, from the Hunchback of Notre Dame or Harry Potter. Like it wasn't like that. I had a normal life. I went to school, hung out with my friends in the neighborhood, you know. Um, I was a regular kid, you know, all that stuff. So um, it's just that I I was, you know, I was in church every Friday. I was in church every Sunday. Um, my mother wasn't at Bible study because she worked. Um, I came to Bible study voluntarily around 16, 17 years old. I started coming. I caught rides with people and stuff like that. Uh, man, let me tell you, like, yeah, I, I was, I was pretty involved, um, in a lot of departments in my church and, and things like that, you know, and, and, uh, had a lot of experiences, you know? So for me, um, you know, that's why I'm, I, I have a soft spot, uh, for the church, for God's house, 
um, because, you know, I, I was able to see, you know, its true potential from the community that I saw growing up. I was able to see its true potential. And I was also able to see, you know, now as an adult, a lot of things that will cause the church to not be successful, that will cause the church to not be thriving when it comes to people, community, um, even financially. Um, you know, I just start to uh, see so many things as I got older. And let me tell you, um, uh, as a as a young African-American man who is a father, who is a husband, you know, who lives in the United States currently, you know, who's seen all these things um, from this perspective, um, I can tell you that one of the things that aids to a lot of people um, struggling with poverty um, in the Western Hemisphere, struggling um, to be financially free, um, struggling just to, you know, um, be people that are that are confident, that are proud, that, um, you know, have individual personalities and are just able to 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 live and you know um they they can meet they they have their five basic needs met you know cuz we all know the five basic needs of man um i can tell you right now the the truth of the matter is this lack of knowledge um poisons your life if you don't understand how life was set up to be if you don't understand um that each person born on this planet was supposed to be born with an inheritance passed down to them. And as a result of not receiving that inheritance, we open up the doors to create uh, destructive narratives for our future generations, um, which leads us to, you know, 2024. And we see the state of the world as it is like it, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. And I saw it very I saw it very um, subtly in the church. It wasn't until recently where I really like took stock of my life and evaluated and looked at stuff. And then as I made the decision to become an entrepreneur, I realized that that there's a reason why God said you can't serve him and serve money. And some people, you know, um, preach that verse. Pastors preach that verse. Um, you know, anybody who, who reads the Bible, who treats it as a, uh, a, just a regular book of literature, or they treat it as the word of God. When they read that verse, you know, there's a lot of, uh, cliche statements that they make tied to it. Um, you know, for the love of money and the, the love of money is the root of all evil and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you like this money is a tool to money is a tool and a means to build the life um that you want and to also continue the life that you were supposed to be given um but because there is a large you know portion of the population that did not um you know get the memo get get the information you know they did not have the father leave them behind an inheritance um, for for his children's children, as the Bible says in Proverbs, um, you know, because that did not happen. And that literally has been the ripple effect for centuries. Like 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 this is this has been a thing 
that some people, if you track, if you track the generations, it's probably been a century or two um, since there has been wealth in the bloodline. There has been there has and 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 I'm gonna tell you right now. I've said it before, and I think 2024 will be the final year I say it. I don't even think I'm going to be using the words of financial stability anymore. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be using that term anymore because I think it's a vice that we 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 haven't known it's a vice. Um, and just like the word comfortable, you, you hear people, especially church folk, you ask them when it comes to money, you know, what do you want with life? And they just say, oh, I just want to live comfortable. It's dangerous. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. It is the worst statement that could ever leave your mouth. Uh, Out of all the things you can probably say other than blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Like it's one of the most dangerous things you could ever, ever say. It's just like, no, it's not. It's not good. And so um, I, I really just feel like because uh we are we don't understand the money game um that that's why you see 90% of the stuff that goes on in the world um you know world hunger homelessness um wars you know uh like i say just just broken poor folk everywhere you know the whole poor middle class and wealthy and and the systems behind all of that stuff all of that stuff exist today simply because in many bloodlines in many families across the across the globe there came a point where there was a cutoff there was a point where the knowledge was not passed down forget about the money forget about the the land forget about the maids the servants the the cars the whatever forget about all of that just the knowledge you know if if every family on this planet had the God-given inheritance of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, we would not see what we see today. The sin, the crime, you name it. We, we just wouldn't see it. A lot of that stuff would not exist. So when the Bible says you can't serve God and serve money, it's very simple. When you chase money simply just to have it, you birth very, very, very sinful practices and behaviors and thought processes and it automatically alienates you from being in front being in God's presence or being even welcoming to God's presence because that nature is just totally against his nature so you have to understand that money is a tool and um I talk about this in my my presentations um because I I I've created a consulting service um, that I'm, I'm looking to, you know, um, expand as a, a thriving business in the years to come. Um, I tell people all the time that God and money um, are equal in a few ways and then um, in the other ways they're not, you know. Um, and, when I, and when I say that they're equal, meaning that uh, there are certain outcomes that when they both are when they are present in a situation, it's dealt with. But then they are different um, in terms of, like I say, uh, certain outcomes. So it's just really, you know, um, coming to the point where we we realize that um, money is important in terms of us understanding 
that it's a tool. You know, like I, 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 I'm getting into financial literacy and I'm learning that financial literacy is more conceptual, um, you know, than it's more conceptual than it is um, logical, I guess you would say. Um, I don't, uh, my mom was going to say factual, but I mean, um, you know, um, the use of money and the use of money, the purpose of money, you know, and stuff like that. Um, there's just so many uses for that. There's so many things you can do with money. Um, you know, the, the purpose of it is all the same, but there's so many uses that you have for it. So I don't really want to argue that, but um, I do believe that there are concepts um, in financial literacy that you find out, which is how people make money. Uh, there's, there's no one way to make money. Uh, you might go on, you know, the Internet and you hear uh, people on TikToks um, right now that they're calling them. The, they're, they're calling everybody a social media guru. So. Now, if you go on social media and you share your knowledge, they're calling you a guru, but they're really mocking you because they're saying that you're the one that's causing people to go broke and causing people to quit entrepreneurship because your advice is poor and horrible. But I, I, I don't think so. I literally think that prior to social media, you know, with 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 everything else, just like. 40 years ago, we didn't know who was just as talented as Michael Jordan. Now we can find a person who's better than Michael Jordan, even though it's irrelevant because Michael Jordan's retired from basketball. But still, we can find a person who's on the same level as a person that's in the spotlight right now through social media. So it's the same way that with financial literacy, right? 40, 50 years ago, you had to save money, take a tour bus and go cross country to go sit at a seminar, maybe in LA or somewhere um, to listen to a guy share his, you know, his wealth of knowledge on financial literacy. Now you can turn on TikTok. Now you can join a webinar for 15, 20 bucks as cheap as 15, 20 bucks or as expensive as 200 bucks and get, you know, get this knowledge from hundreds of thousands of millionaires and billionaires. Right. And 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 you can't get mad if somebody's concept to money made them wealthy. You just can't get mad. Maybe in your living specter, you know, it, it's not sensible, but it's a concept that they discovered or they created. It worked for them. They ain't doing jail time. So that, you know, it can't be illegal or at least we won't know until they get arrested. But like, you know, it's that's just where we are in the world right now. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, are just having to deal with the fact that everything is exposed. Everything is out there. And um, the clash of that is just uncomfortable for a lot of people. So anyways, I digress. When I get back to the point of what I'm talking about in the dark files, um, it's just like I said, um, you know, the black and brown community or just a lot of people in the Western Hemisphere, period, you know, they just have been out of touch with how to utilize money for for decades, um, in some cases, a century or two. And it's led to the, the unemployment rates continuing to go up, you know, because everybody depends on their job. 
Once they get laid off from their job, they're homeless because they don't know how to make money outside of having a job, um, you know, or if they muster up enough to start a business and their first business closed and they go homeless as a result, they don't know how to bounce back because, you know, their knowledge is limited. Like it's it's just that's just where we are right now. And so I just I tell my story. Uh, I'm a 33 year old African-American half black, half Jamaican, you know, um, husband, father, um, you know, believer in Christ who is going through this epiphany. I'm, I'm, I'm living it out in real time, this transition of being a typical, you know, man that everybody tells me provide, 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 provide. And I'm just like, wait a minute, there's more to this being a provider you know, you're expendable. The government is a way better provider uh, than me. Uh, God is a way better provider um, than me. There, there are so many like arguing about being a provider is just not a good way to go. It's not a good way to spend your time because it's an expendable position. Once somebody comes in with more money, more resources, they have out provided you. There's no way around you beating them. And and I, I'm going to touch that narrative in my series talking about um, the war on gender right now or the gender wars, you know, where now we have this narrative amongst men and women, um, you know, that that uh, a man is supposed to do this and a woman is supposed to do that. And a man's supposed to live like this and a woman's supposed to live like that. And we're separating. We're not coming together. I believe it's a strong attack on procreation and it's it's just getting to dangerous and dark times, you know, simply because um, uh, this thing with money, you know. And let me tell you, um, if I was to ever get spiritually deep, which I try to stay away from um, because um, it, it, it gets it, it gets very sensitive and you just got to know what you're doing when you get into that stuff. But if I were to be spiritually deep, I would say that um, God never puts him and Satan in the same sentence talking about service. There's not one verse in the Bible. Um, The only entity that was given that opportunity was money. And so that's just that that goes to show you. That it's not that God, it's not that God is like, oh, I got to watch out for money. No, 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 no. It's simple. He understands that this system, this entity he created, it it literally is an offspring of him. It has a duality feature. It 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 does it does a lot of things in his absence. Um. Um, and, and grammatically, um, I don't know what's the term to explain how I uh, said that phrase, but it's all good. We'll, we'll fix that later. But, yeah, it's like, you know, if a, if a, if a pastor prophesies and say you're going to have $10 million, right, you know, um, and you believe that that word came from God, you're all excited. But if a billionaire walks in, Five minutes later and actually hands out that money, you know, like now you start to question, like, 
holy snap, like, because the prophecy you got holds a lot of weight if you believe in it. But then seeing it come to pass, especially it being a tangible thing, you know, it, it, it's, it, it puts it on the same level. So, you know, just to re just to reinforce the idea that, you know, God has never put him and Satan on the same playing field. But in this regard, he did with money. So that lets us know that money is a very essential part of life. And there are billions of people who have lived this life. And it has been very difficult for them to sustain their life simply because uh, money is lacking. And so um, I'm going to get into all of that, uh, covering more in the Dark Files, like I said, that you guys can follow on um, Honor Kings and Sons um, on Instagram. So definitely make sure you guys uh, follow the Instagram page. Um, you know, I have so much that I'm going to unpack and um, I'm excited that you guys are rocking with me. So definitely, um, you know, closing out on this segment. Uh, you know, this is Darren Jones, Honor Kings and Sons. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna get into so much more talking about this, and uh, I'm just very uh, thankful for this opportunity in my life to really share my story. So you guys stay tuned, and uh, I'll see you next time.